This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now Hey, welcome, hello, happy new year, and welcome. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 87, covering all the comic books that I bought on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, Christmas week, December 28th. And this particular issue is just filled to the very brim with 100% comic book fun stuff talk. That's right. I am your ready-to-get 2017 started humble host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Sunspots Comics Podcast where I recommend to you an amazing list of comic books to read every single week. Maybe you're new to comic books, you want to give it a try, but you're not sure what to get or where to start. Or maybe you've been reading since the dinosaurs, like me, and you just want to know what the best comics are to save some cash. Well, if those two things are you, then the Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely, definitely for you. Please subscribe to our podcast, just click the subscribe button, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, oh, and the Xbox Live, at Sunspots Comics. And also check us out on YouTube.com slash Tophelat, T-O-P-H-E-E-L-A-T. Thank yous, of course, two of them. Thank you to my friend Nick Papa George for making our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. And just check his stuff out on iTunes or on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. Also, thank you to my son, Justin, quote, unquote, Jables. Latori for his work on our Sunspots Comics blog. Please check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com and follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. His uh, newest blog that's coming out very soon is his review on the Star Wars Rogue One movie. So I'm excited to read that, and you should too. So check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com to read his stuff. So let's get into Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 87. With just some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. And the first thing that comes right up is Rogue One. I'm actually going to be seeing my fourth viewing of Rogue One with my friend Steve. What's up, Steve? How you doing? So I'm super excited. I can't believe that I'm really excited to look, looking forward to seeing it a fourth time. I mean, there's uh, Suicide Squad and the Doctor Strange. I did not re-see. Didn't go for a second viewing in the theater. And this, for Rogue One, this will be my fourth 
time. So I'm still super excited about it. It's a fantastic film. Go back to podcast issue five to hear me and Justin uh, review slash talk about it. It is spoilerific. So you've been warned. And the next thing coming up uh, in my nerd brain that's still in there is the L.A. Comic Book and Science Fiction Convention on Saturday and Sunday, January 7th through the 8th. It marks their 40th anniversary, and they've really lined some top-notch stuff up. I mean, I'm looking at the program, and you have people like actors from The Walking Dead. You have the actress Karen Fukuhara, who played uh, Katana in The Suicide Squad. Uh, Artists like the uh, Betty Page artist and Vampirella artist Jim Silkey, he's there. Uh, animation people, voiceover folks for for all types of, like the voice of Wolverine, Cowboy Bebop, Transformers, his name is Steve Bloom. Just to name a few things that are going to be there. Just a just a wacky list of things that are happening at this convention. So, I mean, along with the celebrity signings, they have a gigantic artist alley planned, which is where I'm going to be spending most of my time. So check it out at comicbookssci-fi.com. That's their site leading to this LA convention coming up. So if you're in LA, go to it. It's only 20 bucks per day. So that's pretty good for all of the cons that are happening. Some of them are extremely expensive. This one's definitely affordable and it's a little off the beaten path and a little more, it just a little more has that that indie feel and mostly where the focus is comics because their artist alley is like 60% of it and the signings are very limited in time. So so check it out though. Again, comicbookssci-fi.com. And also on my nerd lobes is uh, just a quick mention of the best of 2016 tabulation. I'm about 83.625% done with the stat gathering, like things like my favorite comic book, my favorite cover, my favorite artist, my favorite writer, uh, my favorite all ages comic book, my favorite horror comic book, just to name a few of the tabulations that are put, that I'm putting together. And it's difficult, um, but I'm going over sunspotscomics.com mostly for the gathering of my information. And uh, I'm going to gather that all up together, and I will have that ready in the podcast issue number 88 that I'll be posting on Sunday, January 8th. So check that out. I wanted to actually finish, completely finish 2016, because right at the right at the deadline, right at the end there, there were some A-plus last-minute entries. So uh, please tune in and check it out. Again, podcast 88 coming up, the best of 2016, very soon. And the last thing on my nerd brain is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his fantastic art. Check his art out at Jordan, at at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. I was looking at it today and trying to compare it to something. It's a little bit like Frank Quietly, in my opinion, a little bit like Ryan Otley, uh, just to name a few. But check his work out also on zombiedestroyers.com, the website that I have. You'll see four pages of the samples uh, that we've listed there with no writing. It's just really the, the pencils and the ink. And also you can go to sunspotscomics.com and slick on, click on Jordan Hudson and you'll see his entry to the Eclipse contest for through Image Comics uh, that is there. And it's, it's beautiful. It's glorious. The whole page is there on sunspotscomics.com. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update, which I hope to release the comic book uh, Q1, maybe Q2, worst case scenario. But we are reaching the final pages of issue number one, and I'm super excited. I I got 15 and 16 from Jordan, and him and I are still sort of collaborating and going through pages 17 through 19, which I love that him and I are so in sync that he basically understands the vision of Zombie Destroyers, so we don't have to do a lot of reworking, and and uh, it just it's efficient, and it's fun, and it's beautiful. Thank you, Jordan, for joining me on this journey, 
And again, zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. Just check it out to see uh, this comic book that I've created. And uh, it's coming out of my brain into you, hopefully, in uh, early this year or mid this year. Uh, issue number one. And next up, just a quick uh, mention of the segment spotlighting. I do have some submissions there. I haven't forgot about you for the people that have submitted their work. But just a heads up that there will be some interviews coming early in 2017. Uh, because what the, the segment of spotlighting is, is that I try to to find some independent comic book creators and basically try to shed some, some Sunspots comics love and support their direction. Because it's tough and it's a struggle to be in independent comic books like myself to actually kind of create a living in it and create a glorious piece of art to sell and put out there in the universe. So if you're a writer, an artist, a colorer, a letterer, it doesn't matter. If you're just trying to break into comics or be in comics, just send me a link uh, to your work or a review copy to my email at chris at sunspotscomics.com or, of course, message me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at sunspotscomics. So we want to do our part to all of you independent comic book creators out there. And that's what the spotlighting segment is all about. And now, into some comic book news. That's right, we've got some. Every now and then I pick on some things here that just make me feel good about comic books. And maybe that's a little off the beaten path. So let's break into some comic book news right now. I actually have three comic book feel-good factoid freebies. And what are those? Well, basically those uh, these type of articles that uh, related to comic books just warm the very innards of my nerd heart. That's what it's really all about. And the first one is a happy birthday to Mr. Stan Lee. Stan the Man Lee turned 94 years old on December 28th. He made it through 2016. That's right. (laughs) One of the celebrities that made it through. And Mr. Stanley Martin Lieber was born in New York. His parents, Celia and Jack, uh, born in 1922 on December 28th. Crazy. And he immediately knew that as a child he loved unique stories of love and he loved movies, and when he was a teenager, he would spend all his free time writing and doing part-time work, creating press releases, and even obituaries. I remember reading about that, that was something that he did. And he ultimately is the very godfather of comics, and, and partially responsible, a, a big part of everything he's done is, is he is responsible for how comic books are today. So happy birthday, Stan the Man Lee. Thank you for your continual inspiration. Thank you for making it through 2016. <laughs> And, I mean, what a life story this man has. Just uh, take some time, Google search Stan Lee, and, and look at his life. I mean, it is, uh, it's full of things that he loves and that he's chased after constantly his entire life. And he's fought for comics to be in the mainstream. And here they are now. Look at 2017 and how popular they are, which I'll even very soon get into all the movies that are coming out that are comic book related in 2017. We can thank Stan Lee for for his work and his efforts and his focus and his determination to make comic books what they are today. So thank you, Stan Lee. We love you and Excelsior. Enough said. (laughs) And the second comic book feel-good factoid freebie is that uh, I heard in the passing of Carrie Fisher, which sucks, and again, uh, heart goes out to everyone that is is sad and mourning over the, uh, the death of Carrie Fisher and her family and friends and loved ones. Uh, But I thought this was very cool that Marvel Comics is going to, in Poe Dameron, issue number 14, the comic book, they will reflect Carrie Fisher's passing in that particular comic book. I know that Charles Soule is the writer of Poe Dameron, which has been really, really, really good. If you haven't uh, checked out Poe Dameron, it uh, is not too far in. I think it's actually at issue 10, because 14 will be three or four months from now. 
but they're going to do there is a funeral scene there and what Charles Soule wrote on his Twitter in that he it originally wasn't about her about Princess Leia uh, or Carrie Fisher but they're going to somehow do an homage to her do a little reflection uh, just a little something for Carrie Fisher there and I thought that's cool I can't think of really any times that an actress or actor uh, that's that's in the biz gets uh, gets that kind of reflection directly in a comic book so uh, I've been reading it already, so it's great that it's in my lineup that I'm going to be reading Poe Dameron uh, 14, where again, it's going to have just a, a dedication to Carrie Fisher, the late Carrie Fisher. So very, very cool. That just warmed my nerd heart to see that that's coming up. And the third and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie is kind of a doozy here, but this is from CheatSheet.com, which I'll share, of course, all these links on the social media, at Sunspots Comics. But this is just giving a quick little snapshot of the 10 most anticipated comic book movies of 2017. And this is in chronological order, so I love that. So coming in at number one is the Lego Batman movie. This is coming out on February 10th. I can't wait to see that. The previous Lego movie was fantastic, amazing, with Chris Pratt as the primary actor. And uh, this is going to be fun. They've been hyping it. They've been talking about it. I know that Zach Galifianakis is in it. Michael Sarah, Rosario Dawson is in it. So it's a, it's a, it's just a Will Will Arnett's playing the voice of Batman, which I love Will Arnett because he has that very low and raspy thing going on. So that's exciting. Number two is Logan, the final Wolverine movie from the Huge Jackman, uh, March third. So we've seen trailers of that, and I like that they've kept it simple. They really just have the one trailer. Hopefully that's all they'll show because it's coming out March third. It's it's coming up. Uh, one of the one of the um, that's coming up on number three here is uh, the title Wilson. It's coming out March 24th. This is from the creator of Ghost World, the author Dan Close, and it's a, a very kind of quirky, independent graphic novel. So he's doing a film called Wilson, releasing March 24th. That's definitely on the independent tip of comics. And then right after that, number four, you have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two on May 5th. Which, uh, come on, I'm super excited about that. I heard that the IMAX trailer that we see, or the trailer. Uh, that is uh, that that's playing in the theaters has nothing to do with the actual movie, and I like that approach. James Gunn, director, fantastic approach. Hope that's true. I mean, maybe it's not, but uh, it is uh, some hilarious footage. If you haven't seen the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two trailer, go check it out. That's coming up May fifth, and then number five, Wonder Woman, June second. Gail Gadot. That looks very promising, very exciting. They've finally kind of reeled back on all the trailers that were coming out initially. I know I'm kind of allergic to trailers, but they've uh, they've reeled it in, and I'm excited to see that. I didn't even watch the first trailer. I just I just closed my eyes and closed my ears in the theater. Missed it completely. But <laughs> I'm very very excited about that. Number six, Spider-Man: Homecoming, July 7th. That's on my mother's birthday, and my birthday is the fifth, by the way. So right around my birthday. And I have to say, too much stuff is coming out for this. I mean, it's coming out in July, and there's been like 1,100 trailers and. 4,000 little teasers and everyone uh, from seeing him in the hospital to to pictures and stills online of everything that's happening with this movie. There's just too much of it. So let's just reel that, that on in, so, Sony. Enough is enough already. It's We got till July. We have to wait seven months. So let's not see everything of that movie. Please, Sony. Just calm down. <laughs> but that's coming up number six, July 7th. Spider-Man, I can't believe it. And another sort of on the indie side of things is The Coldest City, July 28th, so late summer release. This is based on Anthony Johnston's 2012 graphic novel. It's like an espionage thriller. So I'm really excited about that, and it's got a stellar cast. Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, John Goodman, 
And so this is going to be interesting. It's going to be unique. It, the graphic novel is very kind of black and white, very noir style. And I know that the uh, it's the co-director of John Wick, David Leach. So uh, I'm excited to see The Coldest City, July 28th. And number eight is Kingsman, the number two, The Golden Circle, October 6th. That's exciting. From Mark Millar, of course, he created Kick-Ass. The, he was co-writing X-Men First Class, etc., etc. The Secret Service. Uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, that's what the comic is called, will be hitting theaters on October 6th. So that's Kingsman Part 2. Number nine, Thor Ragnarok, coming out November 3rd. Let's let's be honest. This is this is I'm excited about it. I know two was was uh, hailed critically as being okay. I really enjoyed one and two heavily, but uh, part three of the Thor series, Ragnarok, coming out November third, and uh, we've all heard, of course, that the Hulk makes an appearance. So can't wait to see that. Where the where's the Hulk and Thor been? We're gonna find out on November third. And the number ten, ending the year out strong, is on November seventeenth. Justice League. I mean, all of us fans of DC have been waiting for this movie my entire life. I mean, there's so many animated series uh, based on this. I know so many animated features based on the Justice League, but we're going to see a live action movie in 2017, which is just absolutely destroying and blowing every bit of my nerd brain. And we're going to live in a world where we see a Justice League movie. I can't wait. I'm super, super excited about that. Uh, I know there's been some hiccups, some snafus, some rewriting, some director's changes, etc. Script issues, whatnot, but I just I got a really super good feeling about it. It's going to all come together, and it's going to be beautiful and tasty and delicious. So Justice League ending 2017 strong, November 17th. So uh, yeah, seeing that list extremely made me happy. Level 10 happiness, uh, plus 41. Uh, life. <laughs> so I can't wait to see it. I'm super excited to see all these movies in 2017. Uh, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So very, very cool. So uh, get ready for all of that. And the next issue, uh, uh, the article I have uh, actually makes my spider sense tingle. Did you hear that? That's right. Spider sense is tingling heavy. Woo! But this is from Business Insider in the science uh, section of the of their site. It reads, uh, scientists inspired by Wolverine have created a self-healing, super-stretchy material. Crazy, right? <laughs> I was like, man. So they were inspired by Wolverine and his healing ability, his healing factor, and basically this, the team of the team of scientists at the University of California Riverside and University of Colorado said they ha they are very close to having. Uh, a lot of success with this material that they've created that not only has self-healing properties, but it's conductive. Uh, so it takes that uh, healing factor of Wolverine to kind of the next level. It can heal and shock the crap out of you. But uh, this uh, main scientist, Chow Wang from UC Riverside, is the is heading this, this project of, um, of working now with materials, but eventually maybe infusing it into human DNA. That's right. It's right here in this article nuts so let's hope that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands right or super super villainy could occur but uh, very very cool and that's why this business insider article completely made my spider sense tingle that's right they're trying to create wolverine in the lab holy mackerel <laughs> so uh, oh and one last uh, quick little sort of mention uh it's of um from idwpublishing.com i guess this is my sort of fourth comic book feel good factoid freebie sort of ish but it's on the comic book that's uh, coming out called Love is Love. So as a response to the tragic the shooting in the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, uh, IDW teaming up with DC Entertainment and a whole bunch of 
artists and creators are creating this $10, 144-page oversized love letter to the LGBTQT community, honoring the victims, their survivors, the families of this tragedy. And, I mean, you have some top, amazing-notch creators here. And it's two pages worth from writers like, and this is just in random order, uh, writers like Jason Aaron, uh, writers like Jim Lee, uh, just to, to name a few off this grid of about, I don't know, 50 artists and writers. Chris Rael, just to, to throw one in there. Billy Tucci. I mean, there is a ton of... Greg Pak. Uh, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Or Pak. Wilfredo Torres. I mean, Philip Tan. Love Philip Tan's art. J.K. Rowling, the artist from, from Harry Potter. A uh, writer from Harry Potter. Crazy that she's even put in some information for this. So... I'm, I'm on the hunt for it. I want to definitely find it. My local comic book shop did not have it, so they failed. But I'm on the hunt. I'm out there searching. I'm going to find it. It's 10 bucks, and 100% of the money from the comic goes to Equality Florida. It goes directly to charity. So they've, they've partnered up with local comic book shops and IDW and DC Entertainment and all of these uh, fantastic people in comics that have donated their time for free for this $10, 144-page comic called Love is Love. Because love is love. I mean, come on. Love is all you need. <laughs> so I want to find it. You should find it. I think it's going to be amazing, and I'm, I'm going to be reviewing it soon. Uh, I hope it just um, is. It raises a ton of money for their cause, and uh, it's a wonderful thing that they're doing. I love when comics uh, gives back uh, to the community for this tragic event. So very, very lovely. I applaud IDW. I applaud DC Entertainment. And I applaud all the artists, uh, writers, creators. Uh, collaborators that worked in this Love is Love comic book. So, fantastic stuff. Makes me proud. Makes me very happy to hear and see that, that the world of comic books is jumping into there to do their part. And we should do our part and give a little bit back. So, because love is love, right? <laughs> so there you go. Those are all the comic book feel-good factoid freebies and all the comic book news. And uh, also, just a, a little mention uh, before we jump in, of course, to all the reviewing and everything. Is, uh, is spoiler alert. You've kind of been warned, but no worries, Mike. I mean, you really don't have to worry. <laughs> I really don't cover the last couple of pages. I don't discuss them, and I don't give you every single plot point of the comics, but just so you know, you have been warned that I sometimes do spoil things, so with that out of the way, let's get right into my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, Christmas week, Wednesday, December 28th. And if you want to see everything, the lists of all the comics that I'm reading, all my favorite picks going back to May of 2015, just kind of visit yourself over and click on sunspotscomics.com. Just click on pull list to see everything that I'm reading. There's 133 titles that I'm currently reading, uh, not including Love is Love, so it would be 134. Although Love is, Lo Love is Love is just a one shot. But it shows you all the 133 titles. It shows you every top comic book, all of my top picks all the way back to May of 2015, so I just updated the site, just added tonight's list, and compacted the site, simplified it. I'm very proud of it, so please just check out sunspotscomics.com from time to time. And every week, I pick a art artist winner and cover artist winner. Last week's was beautiful. I, I, it's still on my brain, of uh, that beautiful uh, piece of art slash photo uh, from the comic book Lock and Key, Small World. Beautiful stuff from Shane Leonard. Check out, uh, listen to last uh, issue number 86. Just just go and check it out. It's it's fun and it's beautiful. And I do talk about that particular cover. But this week's artist winner, hands down, was an art uh, art partner team 
like a partnership here of Louis LaRosa and Clayton Henry for the Valiant comic Savage, issue number one and two. And I have to give props to their colorist. They picked a top-notch colorist, Brian Reber. Beautiful, absolutely sparkling, shiny, fantastic work. But the cover um, even is the, by the way, it's uh, the art cover winner is the same exact team. That's Louis LaRosa and Clayton Henry. So they won them both. They won the art, they won the cover, and again, special props to their colorist, Brian Reber. But this is gorgeous. This is, uh, this is a, a young sort of teenage boy fighting dinosaurs in this strange sort of Turok kind of world. And their lines are glorious. They're so hyper detailed. They're on the gory side. The paneling, the unique sort of paneling, like on the, the two-page splash page on page two, is just fantastically beautiful. They're, they're brightly colored, brightly lit, just a high respect, high amount of respect for light source and the, the coloring on it, Brian Reber is is a, an absolute top-notch pro in the realm of coloring. But they've spent very little dialogue to in the first sort of one in sequence one and sequence two to really just let the art stand out because it really does. I mean, as a writer myself of comics, you do not want to muddle up beautiful art like this with a ton of dialogue. You want to really let the art do the storytelling, and that's what Louis LaRosa and Clayton Henry do. And they really super complement each other. I mean, there is the out in the jungle sequences and then the sort of back to modern day on a plane sequence where it, it does change art style a little, but they are in sync with each other. And it's hyper-realistic, super very hyper-detailed, and dinosaurs, come on. A guy fighting dinosaurs, what more do you need? But it is glorious. And they do a director's cut at the back of uh, Savage 1 and 2 of their breakdown of the layouts, the inks, and the colors and their process. And they sort of commentate on the process as it's going so it's a lot of fun because with art this good it's it's actually interesting to sort of see their process so i definitely don't skip it at the end of savage one and two read it all the way through because it really breaks down some of their art process but it's gorgeous to look at it's poster worthy it's t-shirt worthy it's it's coffee cup worthy it needs to be on stuff and i will buy it but those that's my art winner and cover art winner again, Louis LaRosa and Clayton Henry for Valiance Comics Savage, issue number one and two. And also, oh yes, uh, a mention that Image Plus Magazine, issue number nine, just came out. And uh, weird that I'm seeing like a lot of number nines. I don't know what's going on here. Even yesterday or day before yesterday, my, my dash on my old BMW is stuck at 999. 999? Nine! Nine! <laughs> So I don't know what it is with all the nines. But anyway, uh, issue number nine is packed with stuff. It's a cover by Jeff Lemire, who is an amazing writer and artist. But he's got that very unique indie watercolor style, minimal scratchiness kind of art style. Page number one on the inside is always kind of a how-to-make-comics tip. I love it. And you may want to initially, by seeing it, sort of pass because it looks kind of goofy and odd. And you go, ah, just kind of go to the meat of the issue. Don't skip it. It's really an interesting look and tip from professionals about certain techniques you can use to make comic books or even just to um, to improve what you read in comics to maybe help you select what you like based on certain techniques so I like that and that it sort of brings to home some of the things I love about comics and also helps me create them but the letter from the editor every single month is great David Brothers I, I I a lot of times skip letter to the editors, but I don't when it comes to him because he is a fantastic writer and really does a great job of like 
encapsulating what the whole magazine is about and the theme. This particular theme in issue number 9 of Image Plus Magazine it just seems to be in the fantasy realm. But the initial article from Jeff Lemire, I'd say, is the only sort of not fantasy article in it about his comic coming up called Royal City. So uh, I'm a big fan of Jeff Lemire. I just buy everything that he's doing. He's doing a lot of fantastic work now, and he's also a great artist. Uh, right off the bat, he does that Scott Snyder book called uh, The Life After, or AD, After Death. But uh, there's no poster in this one because it's just a ton more articles from creators about their fantasy-based comics. And then towards the back, they always highlight a local comic book shop and, sh and give them some a spotlight. And then they even sort of recap older stuff. They always do this. It's just part of their, their format. Uh, older image comics that maybe you've missed that are classics that are super good that you should not forget. And then they finish every issue with, of issue of the Image Plus magazine with the Negan story, written by Robert Kirkman and drawn by Charlie Adler. It's the only place you can get this sort of side story of the life of Negan, the character Negan. And it's been really good. I've put them aside for my wife because they're only like four pages, four to five pages. It's just like a little snippet. I know Image will collect them eventually and sell it. Why not? They'll sell a bazillion of them. But it's the only place right now to read the backstory of Negan uh, from The Walking Dead in Image Plus magazine. So there you have it. It's packed. Like I said, issue number nine is jam-packed with good stuff so check it out it's lovely you should be getting this every single month you especially if you just miss magazines or you want a magazine that focuses on like sharing the joy that is comic books that's this and there's not a lot of those out there i mean i remember wizard magazine but it's gone so uh get image plus magazine it will not disappoint it's fantastic and now the breakdown of this week's particular podcast i bought 22 comics and nine of them made my favorite pick list which is less than that 50%. So I'm always trying to get to that 50, and I only talk about the greats here. You're not going to hear me talk about the goods. So let's jump right into those greats. But before we do, I also like to break down quickly the new number ones, and there were only three. And just one of the three made it to my top pick. So I'm always hoping that all three of them make it there, and then I add them. But the one that made it to my top pick list is ridiculous. So get ready. We're going to jump into it. So here we go. These are my favorite comic books. The Picks of the Week for Christmas Week, Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, December 28. And what a super fun week of comics for in Christmas Week. I mean, just such good stuff. So here we go. Coming in at number 9 is from Marvel Comics, Star Wars, issue number 26. And this is written by Jason Aaron, artist by Salvador La Roca, and a colorist, uh, which you got to give props to, this color, Ed Edgar Delgado. So... This is titled uh, Yoda's Secret War. So this is kind of on the realm of getting started in another one of those stories from Obi-Wan where he was protecting Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. But this is like a journal entry that Obi-Wan writes in that's sort of a, a side story of Yoda that's on this mission to find another Jedi that he's had this sense about. And Yoda visits this this planet that is very hostile. They do want do not want him there, and there is a fantastic fight sequence with Yoda and a lot of evil marauders. <laughs> and you just get to see like that Count Dooku fight, him flying all over the place, flipping all over that fight in particular. So lovely, and it just uh, brought me back to that and made me think of that fight scene and want to pop on episode two i think it was where yoda fights count dooku but 
Yeah, it's uh, it's so well written. There is a, a little too much emphasis on the the digital uh, reflection, the, the actual di digital imagery of like Qui Gon's face. That's right, you get to see Qui Gon, and uh, and and an absolute picture perfect uh, snapshot of um, Obi Wan, and it's just uh, it's just too good. But that's my only little knock on this. Other, other than that, the art is is beautiful. Uh, they really capture Star Wars really well, and Yoda's face does sort of change from uh, each of the various appearances in various episodes. They're definitely using some digital rendering there, but it's fine. Uh, the last couple of pages of what happens to Yoda is definitely a surprise, and being that this is all canon now, uh, I'm, I can't help but wonder, some of these characters that are being introduced into this, will we ever see them again? That's all I'm going to tell you, but... You have uh, even a small reference to that Scar Squad, the elites of the Stormtroopers um, squad that, in this case, failed Darth Vader, and how they deal with him there is very tense, and I love that sequence. But it is a lot of fun. It is not disappointing. Star Wars has been hitting it on all eight cylinders. Jason Aaron has really grasped Star Wars and has just made it a ton of fun. So you got to get Star Wars. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And it's, uh, it's just Star Wars epic. And coming in at number 8 is Harrow County, issue number 19. This is from Dark Horse Comics. This is written by Colin Bunn and art and the lettering by Tyler Crook. Now we've missed uh, the uh, Tyler Crook's art in the last couple of issues of Harrow County. Well, he is back, fantastically back. And you can tell he really spent a ton of time on the art on this. It's again that watercoloring style, that pink in the cheeks, that, that real texturizing that he his style that he uses in comics to really give it a realistic feel and he has such a grasp on the facial features the emotions that are drawn in his characters i've said it a ton of times i know because harrow county has been a constant pick of the week and top pick of the week in the past so you can you can see it on sunspotscomics.com look how many times harrow county is like in the in the top three or is number one but the art is absolutely glorious and detailed and watercolored to perfection and this is sort of recapping and, ad and addressing the fact that maybe the writer has, he's taking notice of that maybe we didn't quite pay attention in the last couple of episodes because they seemed maybe a little fillerish, and that's just a bad term to use. It, it, there was some definite meat there in, what's, in the development of our character, uh, Emmy, and what's happened to her is she's really realized who she is. They've, this uh, Malachi, this, this um, sort of, uh, he's kind of a god in a way who can create other beings uh, has uh, created Emmy in his likeness and so she isn't actually born of that evil witch Hester that was hung from the tree in Harrow County so that was quite a big revelation how does that change things it's it's definitely creating a, a brand new sort of fresh arc to the story which uh, I think uh, is tough to do with how wonderful they've been uh, you know detailed with this character development of Emmy and everyone in Harrow County but they're doing it here and Harrow um, Emmy is talking to her her bag of skin friend that's that she keeps in her satchel <laughs> it's crazy I forgot his name already but he seems very frightened and frightened by this news that she's heard that she her name is actually Amaryllis and not Emmy and he seems to almost he's trying to get away so there's this tension building here like she's sort of pouring out to him that she knows who she is now and how will that change thing and he's he's just trying to crawl and escape because he's just this bag of skin with no bones or, or muscle. And yeah, that's a little twisted, awkward, and kind of gross scene. But 
she's coming to grips with how powerful she may be. Like she may be able to even bend reality and she starts to sort of maybe decide she's going to play with that as she closes her eyes and opens her arms across this beautiful Harold County Valley. And yes, her skin friend is just getting further and further away like she feels like, he feels like she's about to just wipe out existence or something. <laughs> and so I love that tension that's built there and you don't really know what's going to happen and how she will be from this point forward. And we've really only seen kind of a tip of the iceberg of Emmy and it's going to change now because of her understanding of who she really is. And that's really the core of this, but it introduces some new characters. There's these hunters in the woods with all these hound dogs and they're hunting something. She's not sure exactly what it is at first, but her inquisitive nature uh, forces her to, to grab her father and follow this sort of hunting group as they go to this local diner and have uh, like a wonderful waffle and egg and hash brown breakfast, which just, I mean, it's drawn so well, it just makes you hungry and you want to go to a diner. But so she's on the hunt. She's investigating these hunters on the hunt of investigating hunters uh, with their hound dogs and to see exactly what they're hunting in Harrow County. I mean, she's she's kind of now the guardian. She is the she's the one that is protecting Harrow County. And uh, and yet uh, what completely are her powers? So great, unique start of a new arc. Great jumping on point. Harrow County number 19. Grab it from here, but go get the others. It's top notch. It's beautiful. It's it's in that realm of horror slash fantasy slash just good storytelling and good pacing and beautiful, fantastic art. It is top-notch work. Multiple Eisner winner. And coming in number at number six is Clean Room. And Clean Room is issue number 15. And it's nice to see Clean Room on the list. I mean, it's one of those surprising titles that I've really hung in there with and been totally happy to have hung in there. It's from Vertigo Comics, and it's written by Gail Simone, and it's art by, um, illustrated by Sanya Anwar. I'm so sorry if I messed up your name. But this is a new artist for a clean room, and I really liked it. He has a much cleaner style, much more realistic, less on the cartoony style as kind of how, it's ha how it has been. A little bit on the fantasy horror side. This is just, reminds me of the artist of Snot Girl. It's kind of in that very clean, very um, sort of mo more modern and sort of hipper kind of style but this describes a sort of brand new character and this is sort of the exploration of a weird cult and how weird cults would recruit someone that's ultimately what this is and there is this woman that has lost her husband you don't know why at first and she's having visions of her husband like in zombie form visiting her at her home and at her psychiatric uh, at her psychiatrist's office and at uh, various times in her life and she's trying to ignore this vision she thinks she's going crazy and she's approached by this cult and they they ask her a, a ton of these of questions she gets kind of suckered in to sitting down in a strange room and answering all these questions from this strange cult and ultimately the strange cult is the primary character in this um, who is uh, running that major corporation that wrote that strange book that if you read this book it either lets you see the alien demons that are on earth or you kill yourself I mean crazy that those are the two things that happen but she is able to just sort of ignore the book and I think that's why they have zeroed in on her that they're watching people that read this book they find out she has no sort of effect she doesn't want to kill herself and doesn't want to and doesn't see the aliens so they try to recruit her from that. And it's an interesting, kind of very sad story because she's just lost, lost her husband, but she has these visions of seeing his corpse 
walk around like legless, like very just sort of walking dead uh, that she sees. And what happens to her is an interesting little journey and twist. And it's a nice little single sort of one shot side story to clean room, but gives you in a, in a small amount of time, a, like a strong right hook as to what clean room is all about and that there's ultimately this alien sort of demon infestation on earth that most people cannot see and they're slowly building and developing ways and things to destroy us all so it's a great sci-fi horror comic clean room check it out and that's why number number 15 of clean room is the number six pick of the week it's just it is such good stuff and coming in at number five is from image comics saga and Saga's uh, drawn beautifully by Fiona Staples and written by Brian K. Vaughn, who did things like Why the Last Man, which you must go read if you haven't read. But Fiona Staples is knocking it out of the park here. Oh, and something weird about this particular issue, my local comic book shop told me that this is actually being delayed. I read it, uh, they ended up selling it to me anyway at face value, but it was misprint. And this is so rarely ever happens that the coloring uh, department of the printing press that prints Saga printed it all too dark I guess and even some of the color hues were wrong and they it, it for some reason snuck through everything and all the checks and balances that is comics before something goes to print and they shipped it and so I know that can cause cause a major major havoc when it does happen and has not happen happen very often but if you do end up getting a hand you're a, a, a copy of one of the misprints I've seen a couple on eBay for like 15 or 20 dollars so people are getting all excited that it's a misprint Ultimately, it just looks very dark. But anyway, I liked it, actually. <laughs> I was totally fine with it, which I think this is just a darker uh, issue of Saga uh, than normal. And some of it is just really uh, their ship has lost some, some power, and it's just a very dark day, and so it just looks like that. But Saga issue 41 is the absolute... It is the mecca of sci-fi stories. It is absolutely out there. You've got this sort of Shakespearean story where this uh, these two aliens have have uh, created a child and the child is the one that narrates and it's a mess to try to explain all of saga but it's ultimately this this couple that love each other that are trying to escape that their warring planets are after them and they want the young child and them to be destroyed i mean they're that uh they hate each other that long it's a centuries old war that's going on between these two aliens and there is this strange sort of royalty with these robots that have these televisions for heads and this issue starts with this sequence where where Prince Robot wants to commit suicide. And he puts he has the ability to sort of uh, wield and, and shapeshift like very T2000 um, weapons uh, from his uh, from his arms and he's going to he's going to kill himself. But he's high on this very strange drug. <laughs> so they're trying to calm him down, they're trying to stop him from committing suicide. I mean there are images that pop up on his face slash TV of of him with inappropriate sexual feelings of our primary character, Alana. <laughs> and so uh, that is awkward. I love awkward. And then he ultimately tries to, to kill them. I mean, he starts firing off his, his weapon at them. And luckily, our main character uh, guy, which I've already forgot his name, has a shield that protects him, but it's an awesome shield. It's just this great fight sequence. And I love that uh, this can be very dialogue-heavy saga in the past, but this one isn't. It's just a lot of action. It's moving the story along very quickly. There was another bounty hunter that has killed their ghost-like companion. I'm not sure if it was an actual ghost, but it was tangible, and they were able to kill the babysitter-slash-ghost thing. And uh, this is a two-headed brother and sister uh, bounty hunters that are that's after them. And there's a sort of a standoff. 
And that's that's kind of the core focus of this. We get a visit from the Will, who is also this strange bounty hunter guy that's for some reason gained a bunch of weight. And he used to have the Lying Cat Companion, which is this great character that Brian Kivon has created that it only just tells people when they're lying and says only one word. This cat actually speaks and says lying. But it's a beloved character. I mean, there's action figures, statues, and stuffed animals of Lion Cat, and t-shirts, and goes on and on and on. But such a cool, created character. But the standoff is the core of this. The the trying to commit suicide Prince Robot action scene is the core. So it's just, it's definitely like my action pick winner of the week. And that's why it's my number five pick, Saga, issue number 41. You should be reading all of these. They're all uh, being recollected in trades and omnibuses, etc. Get Saga. It is something and it's it's lovely that it can only be a comic i just really can't see saga any sort of studio paying 40 billion dollars to really grab the vision that brian k vaughn has in this in this sci-fi epic saga uh it's uh it's just a, a beautiful piece of fantasy art that i don't think could ever be really properly done in any other medium but i, I say that now but i'm sure they're already developing a tv show or movie for it but anyway get saga is fantastic Coming up at number four is Infamous Iron Man number three. And Infamous Iron Man is a Marvel comic, of course, written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by one of my favorite art- artists, Alex Maleev. And the, and the cover is even just beautiful with Doctor Doom kind of ripping the metal face of an Iron Man, um, one of the Mach 7s or something, <laughs> uh, tearing it apart like with his hands just stretching it apart. And he has this kind of light blue glowing spots in which is ultimately a silver Iron Man suit. And it's beautiful. A visionary. It is, visually, it's stunning to see Doctor Doom as the Iron Man. Kind of a melding of the two. And this again has that sort of feel of superior Spider-Man to me. Which is Iron Man, uh, Victor Von Doom, believes that he is the, the best of the Iron Man. He could be better than Tony Stark and do what Tony Stark never could. But I love conceptually that this comic sort of focuses around the idea of Doctor Doom being a horrible supervillain, he was a failure at it. And he ultimately wants to be the best at whatever he's doing in his life, and so he's made a conscious decision to be, to try the opposite. (laughs) And I thought, as a concept, that's an interesting way to look at something, because he ultimately, he's driven by being the best that he can be. He just happened to have, he chose poorly with wanting to be a supervillain, and a godlike supervillain and take over the galaxy. <laughs> but I thought that's an interesting concept, a realistic kind of way that maybe Victor Von Doom would turn. And I know that's probably just a way that Mike, Brian Michael Bendis is just teasing us to kind of feel for him and side for him and care for your character, which was kind of done in Superior Spider-Man. And so uh, hats off to the unique sort of concept of writing. I think that was the one thing I, I liked the most out of this concept was that. But Alex Maleev art, gorgeous. The opening sequence is Doctor Doom's mom doing this sort of witch-like seance with these glowing red imprints of her hand in like visions of smoke around her face. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. And her eyes glow red. I love when characters' eyes glow. Um, but then uh, you have Thing, Ben Grimm, that's hot on, on Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom's trail here. And he doesn't care uh, that... Doctor Doom has convinced some people, and including maybe some people in S.H.I.E.L.D., that Doctor Doom is going good and going to be the new Iron Man, while Iron Man's personality has been downloaded to an AI computer, I guess, so he's not a physical entity at this time. Whatever. <laughs> Strange. But I like that Doctor Doom's power here is also on the mystical side of things. It's almost like a magical slash 
very uh, you know engineering and realistic uh, ion blast sort of focusing but then it has like a magical elm to it where you can transport and go to different places and it's very pink by the way which looks beautiful on the page but Ben Grimm doesn't care who believes that he that Doctor Doom is good or not he's just fighting him and there's a great action sequence here with Ben Grimm uh, the thing and uh, Doctor Doom just go toe to toe fisticuffedness it's glorious it's beautiful and glorious is my word of the week but uh, yeah, I don't want to tell you what happens in the last couple pages because there's a little twist here that happens. Uh, I didn't see it coming. There is this uh, other character I want to see her is Amara. She was like the girlfriend slash dating Tony Stark, and now she believes he's just uh, kind of dead-ish, and is in no way accepting of him being the new Iron Man. And their fight, argument slash disagreement sequence is really rather paced well and enthralling and very realistic feeling. And he tries to explain to her why he believes he's he's good and why he wants to change. And he's trying, but his track record speaks for him and she's not buying it. But I love that sequence. You should read it just for that sequence alone. It's just very realistically done. And an argument between someone that wants to be good and someone that just does not believe that he wants to be good at all. So, uh, just fantastic. Infamous Iron Man number three. Get it, buy it. It's only on number three. So you can just go get the other issues. But here we go now. Breaking into the top three comic books of the week. And the top three were amazing. We're fantastic. We're beautiful. And uh, I'm so excited to read it. Oh, by the way, um, I don't know what happened here. But I'm going to do a little something strange. Um, I, I missed on my number seven pick of the week, and it's Black Widow. So here we go. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it on the countdown, but I'm going to go back for a second. Uh, it's after Hera County. Number seven, Black Widow. Issue number nine is written by Mark Wade and art, art by Chris Samney. So this is the number seven, but it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's just, I really don't have a lot to say about it. That's why maybe I skipped it. It is just action packed. There's very little dialogue to it. Chris Samney's art is beautiful, but this is Black Widow teaming up with the, um, uh, with, oh, before the team up part, let me, uh, there is a, a person that does not make it here. And, uh, it's interesting how they do that. And it's, um, I like that it's a little different in how they approach this. And, uh, and I, I want to blow it for you, but, um, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Winter Soldier is the who she peers up, uh, teams up with here. Black Widow teams up with, and there's like a little love interest thing going on between them, which I thought was really interesting. But some of the they've used like every color in the rainbow on this, and it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful art. But check out Black Widow. It's it's just action packed here. There's some gadgetry done. She has like these sort of zap uh, bracelets or gauntlets, and there is a, a character here that is the daughter of the, um, the Red Room that she came from that is hell-bent on revenge because she believes that, that that Black Widow has killed her mother. And so it's a heated battle and heated fight, but it's just action-packed. So sorry about that. Anyway, that was number seven. Now going back over to the top three, <laughs> top three comics of the week. Uh, coming in at number three is uh, from DC Comics, uh, Batman, Detective, issue number 947. And the LaRock cover, by the way, Get the Larocque cover. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful. It has like Batman laying on the ground with a knife, like a bloody knife next to him and all this red and black and sort of deep purple. But uh, it is um, jock, uh, so it's top notch. It's just gorgeous. But check that cover out. But the reason that I love the heck out of this is because it's the continual story of the Batman team. And you have the uh, just the ensemble altogether here of Batwoman. And you have uh, Tim Drake that's no longer with us, that's passed away. You have Stephanie, who is uh, the, uh, she's the spoiler. And you have um, 
You have Clayface that's actually uh, converted to a good guy here and is really trying to do good. And this is kind of the arc end of the um, of this crazy team of gosh, this I forget their name already, but they just sort of finished the battle in the previous episode with this other team. And and the the big sort of event that happens here is spoiler decides she's really destroyed from Tim Drake's death that she is uh, not on board with the team anymore. It's her basically her defecting from the Bat Team, and it it turns into a fight. And she's using a lot of tech here because she was Tim Drake's girlfriend, and she knows uh, she accessed a lot of his uh, gadgetry, and that he put fail safes in there that uh, allows no one else on the team to uh, defend themselves against certain tech here. I don't want to ruin it all because it's great little bat tech that happens in this awesome bat fight and Stephanie spoiler is defected and how is that going to affect the team? Is it going to break the team up? Uh, is it going to are they going to just uh, sort of fire her from the team or, or you know give her her two weeks notice her last bat check and send her on her way? I don't know. Send her to bat HR? Who knows? <laughs> but it's uh it's it's a great fight, great bat tech, great bat action, great bat place, great bat cycles <laughs> and batmobiles. But uh very action packed, very simple, not very dialogue heavy, beautifully beautifully drawn. And uh oh, by the way, James Tinney in the 4th is still writing this and this is Alvaro Martinez on pencils. He is probably doing every other episode. This is coming out weekly basically. So, I'm going to give you a warning there. Uh, detective. I looked at it last week. There was an issue, and I, they just sort of snuck up on you. I know it started every two weeks, and it, it's now every single week of Batman Detective. So kind of hard to keep going with, but it's been super solid. It's one of the best Superman or DC titles besides Superman uh, that's going right now. Good, good stuff. So check out Batman. You won't be disappointed. But anyway, this is also a little weird with my number two and my number one. Uh, number two is Savage from Valiant Comics, issue number two, and number one is Savage, the the debut issue, number one from Valiant Comics, and this is written by B. Clay Moore, and this is the art winner and art cover winner, Clayton Henry and Louis LaRosa, a, a team of artists, which is great, a partnership, and they really, really complement each other well. When I see two artists' names on a comic, I initially kind of go, uh-oh, but... After looking at it and putting my eyeballs on it, my eyeballs were so happy because it is beautiful. It's dinosaur action. But So, because the issue number two is number two and number one is number one, I'll just actually go over number one first and go over number two second. So I know it's weird. But anyway, it's my number one and number two pick of the week is Savage. I didn't get it from my local comic book shop on time, so I had to do a little scouring of the earth. And thankfully I found it because it is a wonder. It's beautiful. It's one of the... I'm glad that it made it into the 2016 amazing list because it's going to shake up the best of 2016 list. Let me tell you. Because it is really, really good. But the opening sequence alone on issue number one is just of a young teen boy fighting like a teenage T-Rex maybe? Or a T-Rex that's much smaller depending on where they are in time so you at first don't know where this where or when this is it's just this young teenage boy fighting this awesome looking baby t-rex and you're like okay where's this dinosaur island is this the is it a you know uh the savage land the lost land like where are we i mean it has that turok the dinosaur hunter feel and then you're given some glimpses on some modern effects here 
So then you go, okay, we're in today, but where is it that there's these strange-looking medium-sized dinosaurs? But you go into this brutal, vicious, I mean, uh, gory fight scene between a young teenage boy uh, and this sort of, maybe it's a raptor, or it's a, but it looks kind of T-Rexy and has some strange coloring to it. So yeah, definitely where they are is a huge question mark and part of the the allure, the mystery of this particular kind of comic, Savage. But as he uh, fights this T-Rex, at the end of that sequence then, we're given a previously on, and it's like a private jet flying over the ocean. And it's this uh, soccer star and his wife slash manager and their young baby. So you're putting it all together. You're like, okay, flying over the water, soccer star, wife. And this sequence of where they're arguing is so very realistic if you've if you've ever been in a relationship it doesn't what matter what kind of relationship uh it's if you've ever been in a relationship this kind of argument happens and they work together they live together they are um they're sort of at each other's throats and very much disagreeing on a certain topic which is his career and which is his drinking um, problems and things but it's it's approached in a very realistic style and it's paced really well and they pack a strong punch to give you a real true quick sense of their relationship here which uh, is hard to do in a short amount of pages with with comics especially to really grasp the, the and have a good understanding of what their relationship sort of rules is like and and what they mean to each other and uh, and then yeah of course you've already pieced it together because uh, you already saw a young teenage boy and it uh, does mess with time a little but I tell you, some of the, the reason, again, this is the art winner and cover art winner is these, these glorious, unique sort of panel shaping and sizing and positioning uh, for some great speed sequences. But as the plane goes down here, uh, it's, it's done so well. Uh, you really feel uh, the tension because you do already, uh, you're kind of invested in this couple and they have a young baby on the plane with them. And, uh, that, you know, that's... That's where the sort of story from the previous, uh, previously on arc uh, kind of ends and it goes back to the young boy and the young boy has a lot of the artifacts. Uh, that's what I love that they sort of subtly show that uh, things and shirts and artifacts that were in the plane as they leap forward in time to where this young boy, I don't know, is 15, 16, something of that nature, he has a lot of the scrappage, the wreckage and things from from the plane going down so then you know uh, okay this is the general time frame and it clearly shows this is not prehistoric time this is you know 15 16 years after this plane crashed so it's a great setup it's it's wonderfully done uh, how are they gonna live on this island now so you they, they lived you have the you have the, the the man the soccer pro and his wife and the young baby that lived obviously and and now he's, he's scavenging he's looking for food he's gonna try to make a shelter I mean it's definitely that yeah, you know, it, it feels like that uh, that Tom Hanks movie, you know, and, and the soccer ball are going to paint it here very soon, cast away. Uh, it, it just has that feel, or if you're a fan of, like, Robinson Crusoe, the classic, uh, it definitely has that crash on, a, on an island, and how are they going to survive a feel. And I, and I love that. There's something to be said about that. I remember a long time ago reading on uh, an article about why people like Stranded on Island stories, <laughs> like, say, the TV show Lost, etc., it's just because, um, in a way, we are happy to completely detach ourselves from modern technology, and that deep down inside of us, in our very, in our very core of who we are, 
is uh, is an instinctual sort of animal that uh, lived that way, and it sort of taps into that. But anyway, I digress. But so Savage number two, as I'm kind of melding right into number one and number two, um, yeah, I, without kind of spoiling everything because it's very art driven and, and not very dialogue driven but it opens up as to what's happening on this island and who survived on this island did the soccer pro dad make it did the mom make it uh we know that the boy made it obviously because uh, he was a baby and then 16 years later but this is showing a, a boat that crashed on this island and what happened to those people there is pretty gruesome is all i'm gonna tell you and yeah, it's uh, it's the action sequences are so beautiful and glorious here, and also it's a director's cut. Each issue has the breakdown at the very, very back. Don't skip it; it's worth reading. A breakdown with a commentary. The first commentary is from the writer, and the second commentary in issue two is from the artists, both of them. And it's lovely in how it shows the layout process, uh, layout to inks. I was surprised at how much of a departure there was. Uh, their layouts are so rough and so not even close, where a lot of people actually sort of do the, the inking penciling a little closer to what the final product's gonna look like. This is a little a little surprising in how, how much of a departure it was from the rough penciling to the inks and the final coloring. But uh, hey, everyone has their process and I like how they describe that there and I don't wanna ruin it all and tell you every bit of it, but it's worth looking at. You feel like you get a little something extra at the end of this comic with, with that, that layout. Even if you're not a comic book creator, it's, again, if you love comics, it's it's interesting to see how the sausage is made. I know. <laughs> I love sausage, so. Um, but, yeah, it's definite, with commentary and art breakdown, It's uh, it really deepens the whole immersion and feel of, of this story that is Savage. And that's why it's easily, easily the number one and number two picks of the week. And I'm sorry they weren't on time. Like I said, my local comic book shop failed, but I got them for you. And I love it when it's that, that again, triple, triple, uh, threat here it's it's the art winner the art cover winner and the, the number one and number two picks of the week so there you go what a good one savage i'm so excited i want to read issue number three immediately but those are all my recommendations please go and buy those those are all for this week christmas week new comic book day december 28th go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately here i'll act it out for you so you open the door hi my name is jeff I would like to buy these comic books because Chris at Sunspots Comics told me to get them. Do it just like that, and you'll have a fun time. Trust me. And cut. <laughs> so there you go. That's our show. If you have any questions or any comments, please just email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and find it interesting and discuss it on a podcast, I'll send you a free comic book prize from me personally. Please sign up for our, our, our newsletter on our website, sunspotscomics.com slash contact. That is a 2017 thing I'm going to do, which is create the Sunspots Comics newsletter. And I'm not going to slam you constantly, but every now and then it's going to be just a little something. And please tune in next week for issue number 88, where I'm actually reviewing a light list of only 10 comics that I'll be reading uh, for January 4th, the first poll list week of the year. But five new number ones are coming out next week, so potentially 15 comic books that I'm going to be reading and uh, hopefully recommend them all to you if they're great because that's the only stuff I discuss is the great stuff. And there is some stuff that I'm really looking forward to next week just to name a few. The end of the Whisper War is next week. That's uh, Walking Dead issue number 163, I think. I'm doing it from memory right now, but uh, yeah, I was right. Um, one, no, 162. So that's the end of the Whisperer War, which the conclusion of it. So I can't wait to see that. That's coming out next week. 
Voracious Feeding Time number two is coming out, which uh, I'm going to be having them on a podcast very soon. But that's that that Action Lab Danger Zone uh, indie comic title about dinosaurs and time travel. And you got to love it. Uh, Unworthy Thor is coming out next week. Un- Unfollow is coming out. Uh, the finale of Rise of the Black F- Flame, which has been really good, kind of a Hellboy kind of story. Moon Knight number 10. I've been loving Moon Knight. It is a solid comic, so I'm excited that that's coming out next week. And the 2016 Best of Recap Show will be next podcast, issue number 88, where I'm going to be breaking it all down and talking about all my best picks, only comic book related best picks things, like best comic book uh, movie, um, best comic book TV show, just to name a few of the best of 2016 breakdown. So tune in next week. That'll be posted on January 8th, Sunday, January 8th. So get it, pick it, put it on your feed, or if you just subscribe, you don't have to worry about it. It'll always kind of automatically be there. And thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and just want to do a little bit to help us, just subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a positive review with five stars. That really helps us out. And I will personally thank you here on a future podcast. So that's it. Thank you for joining us. That's our entire show. Together, let's just have a super fun, super nerdy 2017. So happy new year to you. Let's all be thankful for all of the joy that comic books uh, brings to our lives. I know it brings it to my life. So Uh, Happy New Year to all of you and yours and all of your loved ones. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. So don't forget to be water, my friend. Be like water. See you next week. Bye-bye. Comics now.